Welcome to the Contagious Victories podcast. Each week, we talk inspiration, explore possibilities, and share insights from creative perspectives. I'm Tori Blackman, and I'm here to remind you that your purpose in life is to celebrate the victories, because victories are contagious. Welcome back to the Contagious Victories podcast. My name is Victoria Blackman and I am a TV personality and conscious content creator who inspires others with victory stories. Today is a special episode because I am talking with my friend Lainey Kosick Ames. She has unexpectedly lost someone that she loves and has found grace and light through her experience. This episode is real. This episode might trigger you or someone near you. So be conscious of your feelings towards suicide and be aware of young listeners who might be sensitive to topics regarding death. With that said, I want to go ahead and jump in. Let's start off with a simple meditation. That way we can be open to receiving Lainey's story with empathy and respect. your breath. Let the moments roll by and give yourself a few seconds to let your thoughts settle. Accept the present moment with ease and choose not to resist by anchoring your thoughts on your breath. Accept that in this moment you are growing. If it feels right, repeat after me. I am stronger than every crisis that comes my way. I am worthy of a purpose. I am grateful for this moment. I live in alignment with my values. I receive every moment with grace. I have the power to direct my energy. And take your thumb and touch your middle finger on both hands with your thumb and just tap it. Tap it a couple of times. And then take a deep breath 
And on the inhale, press the middle finger of both hands into the thumb. When you exhale the breath, release your fingers. Do this a couple of times until your fingers and your breath sync up naturally. This is a tool that you always have access to. And it's great for realigning yourself to your center and for finding peace in the present moment. <sighs> Thank you for joining me for this episode. Now let's talk to Lainey. Hey, Contagious Victories listeners, it's Tori Blackman here. I've got a friend on the line. This is actually one of my first remote interviews. Lainey Kosick Ames, how are you doing today? How is um, being in quarantine? I guess starting off I'm with, good. with that. Um, I actually just drove to New York from Alabama to be with my dad because we were oh. both just by ourselves. So I'm sitting here in New York, absolutely freezing, but it's been nice to be spending some time with family. So I'm good today. Oh, that's neat that you're over there. I didn't realize that you were across the country. I mean, I knew you were road tripping, but um, I have a brother in New York and New York's one of my favorite places. So you're very fortunate to be amongst the New Yorkians, even in a crazy time like this <laughs> special place. Well, Lainey, I know you have a really important, um, special and um, difficult, but very needed story to, to share with our listeners. Um, you brought it up before we started recording that this is a... Uh, personal story. It can. There's parts in it that can be triggering, so I do want to bring that up to our listeners again. Um, but I do want to just kind of give you the floor, let you use this platform to tell your story and to share your story. We've got a couple questions lined up, but really we don't have to stick to that format. I want you to yeah. uh, use this to share your story. So we'll just let you start wherever you feel comfortable starting. Yeah. Well, I first of all, I appreciate you letting me tell the story, and I think it's. I almost think it's funny to word it that way, you know, because everybody has, you know, moments in their life, maybe they're bullied in mm -hmm. high school or, you know, figuring out their college major and everybody has things that they consider their story. And I guess I never really thought I had a defining moment like that, mm -hmm. um, I guess, until this happened. So on February 6th of this year, 2020, my husband and best friend um, took his own life. Mm -hmm. And you know, I say my best friend and everybody, you know, thinks in hindsight when they lose a loved one that they're the best person in the world. But, you know, we met in 2017 and started dating then. And it really was like a story that could have been a cheesy Nicholas Sparks movie. Like we had Aww. our first date and I actually flew up to New York right before Christmas time. And I flew up to New York not long after where I am now to visit my dad. And we had only oh, been wow. on a couple dates and he just couldn't live without me and flew up and <laughs> we had known each other for a couple of weeks and he decided to fly up and stay at my dad's house. Like, you know, what guy is going to do like wow. that's kinda awkward, you know, but he wanted to do it just to be with me. And by the time we got back from New York, we were just never apart from that, from that wow. point on and got married in October of 2019. So we had only been married about four months or so. Yeah. And we actually didn't even have a ceremony or anything. We just went to the courthouse and I learned kind of the hard way. I had been engaged prior to kind of a terrible man 
engagement and I had this big wedding planned and I learned the hard way that it's not about this big wedding. It's about, you know, mm. who you're with. So Zach and I just went to the courthouse and said we would have some sort of intimate ceremony later and figure it out. But it wasn't about a show. It was just about us. Especially you said him bond in New York. I think that from the get-go, it was just about being together. That's Absolutely. So, sweet. so we had been married about four months. Um, and so the night everything happened, um, I'm actually on the board of directors for the Mobile Arts Council um, and had been trying to get more involved with the community and had an event that night. And Zach said he wasn't feeling well. And I ended up taking a, another friend of mine um, as my date instead of him. And okay. I came home and to him uh, having taken his own life uh I found him sitting in the office um he had he had used a gun um and I go into that saying at first I was so traumatized by the visual but I've learned there's amazing ways that the mind works and handles trauma and I remember that night like throwing up over that constantly and crying and saying I couldn't get it out of my head and how am I ever going to get this out of my head? But today, and even within a couple days, the whole mindset I had really changed. And it was not that I'm thankful for the situation, but it was being thankful for having that. That's an intimate moment with him, having seen him Mm -hmm. like that. Um, And, you know, it's amazing the things that my mind didn't show me. Um, There's, there was a lot of, I guess, cleanup that had to be done that, um, I don't remember seeing, um, it just, I just remember seeing him and just enough to put together what happened and how to react. And so that, so my point into going into that is it's been amazing to almost analyze, like step back and analyze my own mind and the way, in the places that we're able to find grace in completely terrible situations. I was going to add, I just read, I finished, um, Mel Robbins five second rule and Mm -hmm. the very end of that was talking about just how um, mountains are put in front of you to show others that hey it can be moved and like you said to analyze your own mind and your own to have self-reflection and to be to be there for I guess what happened is you know a, a moment that will teach you so much about yourself, even though it had to do with someone else and um, someone that you loved even. No, and that's a that's a great point. I mean, you know, I've had to meet that I knew of, you know, neither of us has have ever really struggled with mental health issues. And, you know, I hate to, I don't mean to say normal in a stigmatizing way, but both of us were educated, normal. We yeah. weren't struggling financially. There was none of those, like, stereotypical things that you associate with this kind of situation. And it was such a shock. Um, There's no letter, there's no sign of Mm. meditation, there's no answers. So the only thing that I think is important to bring up with this story is the only thing that we can make sense of is that he was struggling with pain management and on opioids. Um, And, and it was prescribed not being abused. And that it wasn't prescribed properly. And he was essentially going through withdrawals and having not struggled with those types of feelings before in that moment, didn't know how to handle it and just overwhelmed him um, is the only answer we can come to. But I think that's important to note for people who think, you know, everything is 
you know, really, I thought everything was perfect in my life. I had gotten everything I'd asked for. I'd gotten the guy. I finished school. He was an engineer. I mean, <laughs> what else could I ask for? And all the mar- the boxes were checked. Things sometimes you don't understand them, and right. they still happen. Right. And people who you know really don't think this could ever happen to them. And I'm not saying you know everybody you meet has these underlying you know mental problems, but you know it's just really something that. I think it needs to be talked about for people who think, oh, it could never happen to them to really keep an eye on, you know, what medicines are being prescribed or what other issues oh, yeah. that people are having, um, you know, whether it's yourself or your loved ones and, you know, make sure you really know side effects of what's, what's going on in their lives. Cause that's it, a great point to bring it's up. It's something that, you know, I just don't think he knew how to handle having never had to ha- never had to have tools like that before, you know, never having dealt with mental health issues. He didn't have those tools in his toolbox to know what to do with these feelings. What ways have you changed because of this situation other than just looking at, you know, um, I guess more in depth about the things that are prescribed and things that you're consuming and, um, in what other ways have you changed? Yeah, absolutely. Like just in hindsight, looking at everything, when you go through something like this, you find a lot of grace in things that you never thought like you would, you know, that you take for granted. Initially going into the story of how perfect and how much we loved each other, that has been a huge, I guess, rock for me going through this, knowing that it had nothing to do with me and that and I know how much he adored me and worshipped the ground I walked on I mean because that's something that I've been able to hold on to knowing how much he loves me and you know not having that I don't know where I would be right now so I'm so thankful having those moments and being able to appreciate them I see that in that light I see that with all the people around me and all the people who've embraced me since and how much love that I do have around me that maybe I can't say I didn't appreciate it but I didn't notice as clearly beforehand yeah that's fair yeah like how like my dad has bent over backwards just to be with me since everything and you know I always know my dad has loved me but really knowing how fragile life and love is I've seen it so much more clearly and I feel like I appreciate it a lot more deeply but another thing is that you know I realize and it sounds cliche to say that like trivial things don't matter as much but it's helped me find new outlooks on things for example you know we get through and we get in our daily routine and we're vacuuming or whatever and we knock something over we break it and we're so frustrated with ourselves and Mm -hmm. that self hate I mean really like we need to love ourselves and not get so worked Mm -hmm. up over those little things and I find myself I keep using the word grace that's the best way I can think (laughs) being more graceful I was gonna say I love that you use the word grace that was my next thing (laughs) yeah I just find myself finding you know not being as angry and not being as hard on myself because you know those little things aren't they aren't like I said earlier they aren't these pivotal moments in my life I can break Mm -hmm. a glass and clean it up and move on with my life and my life hasn't changed so there's no no reason to get so worked up and get so anxious over I hate to say trivial things you know you may one day break something that really was sentimental but you know there's always things to look forward to beyond (laughs) beyond those little things so no that is a great point Mm -hmm. great point and I love the word grace that's something that 
when I first started this podcast, I read, I don't know if you're familiar with Rachel Hollis's book. Um, Mm -hmm. I know of it. Yeah, she's gone through a similar situation with Ezra's. Um, It was her brother and she used that word grace. And it was after reading her story that I changed how I lived my life. And it was during, I've kind of talked a little bit about this on the podcast, but it was during Pensacon and I was not, I was just feeling overwhelmed and also had kind of no way to deal with it or say what I was trying to say or deal with the pain that I was feeling and um, pushed away some friends and said some things I didn't mean. But then through reading Rachel Hollis's story, kind of had a a wake up call. And she used that word grace to describe how she dealt with her and her brother, that situation. And she, she found him the same way that you said that you found, that you found Zach. And anyways, it just, I love that you brought that up. And I want to know because of my own curiosity and it's such a silly thing, like, Oh, this word changed my life. But you know, um, I'm a spiritual person. I've been, even within the last year, like diving into more about spirituality and read my Bible more and just looking for ways to, to fulfill my soul. And that's honestly what this whole podcast came from. But what I'm getting to is what does grace mean to you? Because I'm always curious and I want more, more definition. And I think that's kind of funny. So honestly, I've struggled with spirituality and that's been something I don't think I've had a lot of grace in in this situation um because I went from growing up Catholic to pretty much becoming agnostic after studying philosophy so I've had a lot of struggles with like what I think afterlife is or whether it exists Mm -hmm. or not so I think it's funny that I do hold on to the word grace because it's almost while it's means the same thing it's almost a different implication I guess yeah. than someone who is super um spiritual or Christian religious and, or yeah yeah and I just think it's a way of accepting things I think grace is a way of personally accepting things and not like denying things to yourself as they are and letting them be and be good with your like accepting things in your soul for what it is letting it be yeah I feel like grace is a way of personally accepting things and not denying things to yourself and letting the world happen and letting the world happen around you and not fighting it like the things you can't control of course there's things you need to be strong about and fight and you can still be graceful about it and accept your your tenaciousness if in a way Mm -hmm. but I think the grace I'm referring to is just allowing things to be because I know I can't control it and I can't change it so finding the good in those situations yeah I completely agree and I think that as you know, someone who grew up thinking it was one thing and then having that moment where I'm like, whoa, grace is not what I thought it was. Grace mm-hmm. is so much more beautiful. And like you said, it's like having that um, understanding to say, look, this isn't perfect, but you know what? That's perfect, that it's not perfect and that it's not, maybe it's not okay, but I'm okay with it not being okay. And kind of letting, like when I think of grace, I think of like a flowing river. And like, if you're trying to hold on to something, then you're not embracing how beautiful it is. And the whole river flowing is beautiful. I don't know if that's No, that's a perfect analogy. No, that's a perfect analogy. And I was thinking when we brought up what grace means, 
one thing that I thought of that night, like while the police were still there doing everything, mm-hmm. that there were certain things I thought about that really changed my perspective moving forward. That I, first of all, I wasn't talking about grace not being in denial. That was one thing I really didn't want to stigmatize what happened. I didn't want to be afraid for to tell people that he took his own life because just like being excited to be on this podcast, I think it's an important story to tell one for people in my situation who are the survivors. You know, I remember the first thing I thought of was who else can I talk to who can relate to this? And I hope I can be that one person for somebody. And I don't want to be afraid to say what actually happened. And I remember thinking that that night and even thinking about writing the obituary, you know, how can I make it obvious that this is what happened without being too graphic. And we did that by way of saying, instead of in lieu of flowers, um, for people to donate to suicide prevention. And we figured that that would make the situation clear to anybody who saw the obituary, because I wanted the story to be known and to be told, like I said, for people in my situation, but for people who are also in Zach's situation, who can hear this and hear the victims and to know they're loved and to know like the effect they have. Like I think every day, you know, especially being in quarantine right now and how I think he should have been here chilling and watching Netflix with me all day, every day. And to know how valued. And that's why I started off with how much we loved each other and how much I value him. I still do. I value him. And for anybody who might be in that situation, I think it benefits from I mean, I'm not in that, I can't speak for them, but hopefully benefits from hearing the story. And that's one of the decisions I made that night was not to Mm -hmm. deny anything to myself or to anybody else and to move forward with a smile as hard as it is sometimes because I can uphold him more so, and this goes into like starting with art and stuff too, but I can uphold him and mourn him better through being proud of myself and finding new experiences and being happy and knowing that we would have been happy together rather than, you know, being a sad widow crying in the shower. Like, I know it's cliche to say that he wouldn't want that for me, but I know he wouldn't. And so I haven't been afraid to put myself out there. So back to not worrying about the trivial things. So I started creating art And it's something I've always had a passion for. I'm on the board of directors of the Mobile Arts Council. And like, that's where I was that night. And I think it's kind of symbolic that that's something I've found therapy in. Mm. And I've posted them on Facebook and actually been able to sell a few, which has been super like encouraging. It's beautiful art and it's super stylish. It's very modern. And I mean, working at the art council or for the art council, I'm sure that you've have that influence and you know that um it's really pretty I appreciate hearing that and I like I said it was really nerve-wracking to kind of put that out there I really just started making pieces and pieces I made happened to be from four canvases that like put together that you would place like with maybe two inches in between or so um on the wall and so they take up a good bit of room and I just started going and I was thinking I don't know what I'm going to do with this when I'm done with it my house is pretty curated already so I'm like Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do with this and one of my friends said well why don't you just try selling it just for cost just to get it out of your house and I got some really great feedback and that's been really encouraging but 
with the idea of putting myself out there, that was another kind of one of those trivial things that was, you know, what's the worst that could happen? Nobody could respond to it. And I delete the post in a couple hours. You know, it wasn't that big. You know, that wouldn't have been a trivial moment there. That wouldn't have been a defining moment in my life after what I've been through it was worth taking the risk and it happens to work so now I do sell the art I up my price about 20 bucks just so I can donate to uh suicide prevention with every set with every set I sell um and I mean that only just still pays for my cost and then the small donation and just to get get them out of my house and hopefully I hope someone you know, we'll look at them and be a little inspired. And maybe like they say, oh, well, Lainey did this and I bought it from her so I can do the same thing and be inspired in themselves. It's not about really making money, but just kind of moving it and having the therapy for myself and hopefully inspiring somebody else. Letting that grace flow is what it sounds like. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I want to say one, you were talking earlier about how you made that decision that night that you were going to be, you know, you were going to face it. You were going to not hold anything back. And just the amount of strength and decisions that you have made within the last few months has been such a beautiful metamorphosis. And I just, it's almost terrifying, like to me or to anyone (laughs) I'm sure watching, because it's like, wow, if this happened to her and she made these decisions to be honest, to be upfront and to be herself more than anything, herself, like you I think are showing the world not only that you're capable of it, but anyone is too, no matter what happens. It's, yeah. it's incredible. And it's it's the type of <laughs> incredible, and I said this in the text before, it's scary. Like, I'm scared because it's like, dude, what is, like, life, you're right. There are so many things that we give power to. The things that actually change us, that's where we show up. Like, I don't know if I'm even making sense, but like what we when we show up in those moments, it is like broadcasted to the world that like, Hey, I'm here. This is me. And I'm having this grace with myself. You should too. And have grace with each other and with your loved ones. And just, I mean, I believe not to go off on a rant on on the spiritual, but like I've, I've talked about reincarnation and things. And I believe that people are put into your lives for reasons, even like loved ones and, Mm -hmm. and things, you know, we don't understand, but I think that even in the ways that we show up for each other in each other's lives are such gifts. And in times like the situation that, that you're in, that you're currently in, it's like, are you, what are you going to do with this gift? It's, it doesn't seem like a gift. It might not even, and who am I to say this? I mean, I want to be upfront about that, but from my perspective, it's like, but you know what you did? You showed up for yourself with that gift. You painted, you, you were honest. You were, you're, your true authentic self. And I mean, that's just so beautiful. Like, I don't even have words to say. <laughs> I was going to say, because I've struggled with it. Like, I think that yeah. within the last few years, especially like mental health has been something that I haven't always thought like, Oh, you know, that's important. But within the last, I'd say half a decade since I got out of college, I guess it's like, no, this is real. People aren't just making this up and you got to pay attention to it just like you would, you know, your, your body or physical health or whatever. And so I just think that being so open and honest with yourself in that sense is like, so empowering and just it gives so much courage to other people that I can't even explain it right and I think that's that's a huge note that I've thought about too you're so intuitive it's it's like uncanny the things you're saying that are like exact thoughts that I've had 
And I've thought about, you know, people, I hope most people can't relate to this story, but everybody can relate to a bad breakup or a pet passing away or a grandparent Mm -hmm. passing away. So it doesn't have to be a story that's this impactful or this tragic or or this graphic, but anybody who goes through anything that's, that's a trial, you know, Mm. really knowing yourself and learning about yourself from it because you know there's so many things that we can't control and we can all relate to that now with the coronavirus stuff so many things that we were used to every single day are so changed and I mean particular in my situation you know I was used to having Zach every single day but we have to know that really and as sad as it is to say but in a empowering way that really the only thing we can count on every day and that's always going to be there is ourselves. And, you know, we can love our loved ones, but tragedies happen, whether it's an accident or not. And we can, we just have to appreciate every moment we have with them and appreciate the good memories and the good experiences we have, whether the thing we're used to doing every day is seeing our loved ones, seeing our pet, going out for a run. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're used to going out for a run every day and you, while yet like your physical health is important, but and I'm not saying it's not by any means, but say you sprain your ankle, you still have to learn how to love yourself and go on every day, no matter right. what the situation is. And I think that's something I've really learned is that I have to be there for myself, like you said. And, you know, of course, there's been many people there for me, and I've gotten so much support, and I appreciate all of it. But I've learned how fragile a lot of things are and how much we do, you know, they say you have to love yourself before you love someone else. And it's so cliche, yeah. but in situations, that things are taken from you so abruptly that that's what you have to hold on to is you know yourself and the grace again the grace that you can give yourself oh that's oh I got chills I mean that's (laughs) just so true and so beautiful well I mean we've kind of talked about what you would say Mm -hmm. to others in a similar situation but is there anything you would add that what you just said was beautiful and (laughs) Honestly, you know, just I hope more people can't relate to this than they can. But in any sort of tragic thing that happens, you know, it's always even terrible breakups or whatever we may face in life that honestly, everything gets better with time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when everything first happened, I had I've never dealt with mental health issues before. And I had really dark thoughts thinking about, you know, wanting to be with him or would the pain ever end or anything like that. And, but time heals, time heals everything. So just how I said, everything positive may also maybe temporary and we don't know, and we can't control it. The negative things are too. And the positive things always come back and there'll always be other negative things. And it's just how you have to go, you know, it's life and it's, you know, how we handle it and how we compose ourselves is what really define us and how we come back from these things. And we can always come back with grace. (laughs) There's the word again, and be proud of ourselves because I can't, not that pride is a great emotion, but I can say I'm proud of myself for coming this far and having new experiences and learning how to start the lawnmower by myself because Zach always mowed the lawn. <laughs> I'd never done it before uh-huh. and and things like that that I can say I'm proud of and I hate that I've had to do it, but I'm happy that I able I was able to figure it out on my own for myself. I think one of the things about grace is that it's there for you if you want to use it. Like it's but also it's there if you don't. If you don't acknowledge grace, grace is is the, the definition of grace is to say, you know what? It's okay if you don't acknowledge it. 
it's there's still love that's going to be in grace and and love you know like unconditional amounts of love that are there for you surrounding you and all of us and um and I say you like as in I'm talking to myself or you or yeah. whoever it's all of us it's there for us if we need it and if we don't guess what it's there for us if we need it when when we do need it or whatever so um Absolutely. that's so beautiful well, in what ways are you fulfilled with life even now after everything that you've been through? Yeah, even now, having gone through this, knowing I've gone through probably one of the hardest, if not the hardest yeah. thing I have will ever face. I mean, the only other thing I can imagine that could be harder would be like losing a child or maybe, you know, someone going through like a situation like the Holocaust or genocide where you like lose your whole family. Like I've had these thoughts, like what could possibly be worse than this? And Mm -hmm. knowing that, you know, if I've gone through that, there's, I can handle everything. (laughs) And I hope to, I hope to hit everything like a bull in a China shop and take the (laughs) world by storm. And, um, my mom says that about me. (laughs) So I love that you said that. Yeah. And like, just, you know, like I've mentioned before, not be worried about the things that might hold me back and be excited and be proud of myself and excited for these new experiences because I'm 24 years old. I'm a 24 year old widow and I have my whole life ahead of me. Um, and I'm going to use it. I'm going to take advantage of it. And it doesn't matter what it is. You know, it's just whatever makes me happy, I guess. Yeah. My, um, I know I've had a lot of women in my life who have lost their husbands and don't let that word be something that's a stigmatized word. I think that knowing that you have someone that you have met and have loved on this realm and this time and space and this world, and then also having someone up in wherever you believe or right. you know, out there, out there, I guess is the best way to say it just goes to show that they were also already in here from, I don't know, the moment of your birth. It's like, I think that things are kind of just not destined, but destined. I, I say right. I'm such an oxymoron type person or contradicting <laughs> person, but honestly, to be honest, it's because I'm scared of what other people will think if I say what I truly feel. So I'll just be honest about that. I think that people, you know, that you um, have a life and a reality. And I think that certain decisions we have free will over. And then I think there's certain things that would happen. Even if we chose the other thing, every single time it's like, nope, nope, nope. You may have turned left that way, but you're still going to meet this person. You're still going to talk to them or like, like you're you still going to meet each other's lives. <laughs> exactly. <just> yeah. <laughs> and I say that I actually told Dylan, um, before we recorded, I was like, Lainey's just one of those people where I run into her. I see her, you know, even if we have appointments, like when you were and I were working together with the station or like even when we didn't, when you mm-hmm. were having meetings, I'm like, hey, Lainey, you know, or um, just at Yale. And like, I'm like, yeah, think, we ran into each other in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, for real. And yeah. um, just I don't know. I think that it's really great to have people like that. And I think that that kind of reinforces my belief system. Like, nope, these things are just going to happen. Like you're going to have conversations about grace like that's just in your destiny so get well, ready you know this podcast I remember you reached out to me kind of initially what way back in July that you were starting it and you know yeah. maybe talk about like whatever I was going into like creatively at the time I think I was working for the museum and things like mm-hmm. that and you know it just never happened and then now this monumental thing that I think is a much bigger story and something more important to talk about you know, that happened to work out kind of, you know, not kind of in a 
good way, not in a good way, but a good way, if that makes sense. Back in October, when I was going through that really tough time, and I did that whole podcast episode on, you know, death, and you were the only person, really, who who got what I was trying to say, I felt like, and you reached out, and you commented about it. You had so much to say back, and in that time, be like, hey, I see you. You're not alone. We've all felt like this, but then for us to, again, be talking about this on the podcast you said it a while ago. I think that this is so much more an like an important thing or important topic and important subject and important um, platform for you to, I guess, utilize for your story and stuff. And that's why I created it. It's like, <laughs> I want more people to come on and share their stories. And I want people to find that grace and that victory story through the tough times of their life. And that's why I had my dad on to talk about his story and, right. and Rena, my friend Rena, to talk about her, her story. And and I didn't plan this. Nobody did. I mean, you know that. But I think that it's so yeah. just, I don't know, divine that this is what how we can help other people and, and how we have helped each other, I feel like. You've helped yeah, me. Yeah, my thought process that, you know, at first I almost, because I thought about ways I could get out there and tell the story. I've been involved with um, different kinds of platforms and magazines and, you know, marketing things and you know how could I do it without being like exploitative I didn't want it to sound like I was just trying to promote myself but really try to promote the issue that is at hand with this type of situation and with suicide and with mental health and I don't even want to say just this situation I want to say suicide I want to say people taking their own lives because it is it's an it's a pandemic the same way anything else is there's so there's on average 238 I believe people a day in the United States who take their own lives and it's something we kind of become desensitized to until it affects you personally and I think it's important like I was saying earlier just to talk about and if people listen great and hopefully there's one person who does take it personally and you know learn something from it and that's all I can ask for um, with trying to tell the story and finding the right platforms or having people like you who really appreciate it and understand, you know, what I'm trying to say um, and letting it get out there. I think I'm just thankful for you and for this opportunity. Well, I'm really thankful for you too, Lainey. And I'm sure there's other people out there who are as well. And I can say I'm one person who has gotten the light that I know you have found in the situation. It's been I guess, cast on me in a way, because I feel like um, what you have to say in your story and your message, it hits home. I mean, I haven't, I can't imagine what you've gone through and I don't understand it, but I think that we all, we all could talk about suicide and mental health a lot more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, thank you for being so open. And so here's the word again, but it's truly fitting. So graceful about it because you've done it with such grace. The conversation, the whole situation just being you. It's such a, it's such a definition of that word. (laughs) Thank you. And it's funny that the things I've thought that would be really hard ended up being easy. Like the funeral I thought was going to be absolutely terrible. And I can't say it was easy, but it was therapeutic. I needed it. There are milestones that I thought were going to be terrible and there were things I needed. And like talking about this, I thought I was going to be more anxious, but it's just kind of, I feel like it's kind of flowed. I don't know if you think I'm awkward, but I feel like it's flowed. And, but then things that I think are easy have been hard, like day-to-day tasks without him. So I've learned to just kind of accept things as they come. And if it's hard, it's hard. If it's easy, it's easy. And this has honestly been 
something I'm, like I said, I'm thankful to do it. And it's was easier than I thought it would be to do. Um, talking between talking to you and just t- talking about the story in general. Yeah. Um, I'm not as much of a mess as I thought I would be. And I think it's because I understand, I feel like it's important to do. And I'm just appreciative of that. It's relieving, I guess, to mm-hmm. know that in all areas of life, that that's kind of the thing. It's like once you actually kind of go through with it or do it or whether it's stage fright or, you know, talking about Mm -hmm. something that's hard or just going through something that's hard, it's so relieving is the word I want to use um, to know that like almost like life has our back. Like we think (laughs) kind of thinking, I guess, half of it is like getting to the point where you're you accept it like the grace you know thing it's mm-hmm. like half half of it is just understanding hey I'm gonna have to deal with the you know I'm gonna have to deal with this or I'm gonna have to get through these emotions and like once you're going through it or you're on the other side it's really relieving to know that like it really does promote growth and it does allow us to become who we're supposed to be and even if we don't have the control over life, it's like you have the control over how you respond to it. And if it wasn't for those mountains, like I was saying from the Mel Robbins mm-hmm. quote, then it doesn't show people that it can't be moved. And we're all stuck in a mindset like, oh my gosh, there's a mountain. What are we going to do about it? You know. And so I, I think that was really nice how you said that. Well, is there anything um, that maybe your friends or your followers or people online don't know about you that you want to share? Or is there anything that you want to add about um, about the conversation that we've had? Oh, I guess, you know, it's just that I feel like I've gotten so much love from all my friends and followers. And I've mentioned this a couple of times and it's been almost overwhelming. I mean, talking about the art, I had almost 300 like comments and likes and stuff on it. It's I mean, things have been wow. in the hundreds. Um and just that people know that I mentioned this before, that how much I appreciate all the love that I get from everybody. And I feel like I could never reciprocate so much love. And um, and anybody hearing this who has gotten this far in the podcast that I appreciate <laughs> that love and listening to it, um, and that they've listened to it. And, um, and I think that's something we just all need to like appreciate each other and you know, every once in a while, just, you know, shoot out a text to someone you haven't heard in a while, say how much you appreciate them. Cause I think that can go a really, that can go a long way. And especially today's world, you know, we're stuck inside and people don't have anybody to talk to, or maybe they do, but don't know what to do with it. I think that's, that's a big thing. And I just wanted to say that I appreciate everybody. <laughs> well, that's a good message to share with us. And I'm sure they appreciate you too. I know I do for coming on here and sharing this and for all the things that you've done in my life to help move my career and dreams forward, even outside of this. I thank you, Lainey. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart, because we've done a lot of cool, fun stuff together. And, sure um, have. Yeah. and you've been present in places that I thought like, Hey, I've, I was alone or like, I didn't feel seen or things like that. And you know, coming up to me at the costume party at the museum and dressed like a Wonder Woman. And I was super girl. It was like, hey, there's other girls out here who are living their lives, doing what they love and showing people that they can be seen and that it's okay to be seen and it's okay to be loved and give love in return. That that is a much needed force and that that force is to be reckoned with. 
All right, last question. This is it. Okay. Just where can people find you online if they're curious to hear more about your story? Absolutely. So my Facebook is Lainey Kosick Ames, and I know a lot of people don't use Facebook as much anymore, but that's probably the easiest way um, to get a hold of me and to see my posts. And then my Instagram is Lainey period means period heaven period in period Hawaiian. Um, awesome. Lainey means heaven in Hawaiian with periods in between. And then I think my Instagram is also just Lainey Kosick, L-A, or sorry, my Twitter is also just Lainey Kosick, L-A-N-I-K-O-S-I-C-K. And if anybody, there's nothing I'm afraid to talk about. And like I've said a hundred times that I think it's super important to talk about. So if there is anybody out there who can relate or is in my place and feels alone because that was one of my very first emotions was who can I talk to who can even somewhat relate to this and I was I was I remember scrolling through my friends like who's ever posted that they've lost somebody to suicide who can I talk to Mm. I'm open to being that person to anybody if there's anyone out there who needs that please I don't think any of my stuff is private I'm super open and I would love to be able to talk to somebody and connect with anybody if that's helpful to anybody listening well, I'm sure that there are some people who um, who feel so glad that, to know that you're out there for them. And thank you for sharing all of that. And Absolutely. thank you. Thank you so you're much. You're so welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lainey, for sharing your story for our Contagious Victories listeners. It was really brave of you to show up today, and I just want to say thank you on behalf of everyone listening. I know that it can't be easy for you, and I just want to say that I'm really sorry that you're hurting and that I'm here for you if you ever need anyone else to talk to on or off the mic. I really hope that you and I can get together and have coffee really soon, like we said we were going to. Now for the call to action for this episode, I want it to be really personal. I want to encourage you to reach out to two people who have been on your heart. You know who they are. Those two people that just came to mind, I want you to physically reach out to them within the next 24 hours and say that you were thinking of them or that you love them or that you miss them. Tell them that you had them on your mind and that they came to mind when you listened to this episode. And I promise it'll make them feel seen. It'll make them feel supported. And you never know what they could be going through. And your message to just say hello could really brighten up their day. If you want to connect with more listeners of the Contagious Victories podcast, then you can join us on Facebook in the Contagious Victories community. Or you can reach us on Instagram at Contagious Victories. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and stay safe, keep smiling, keep healthy, and stay positive. I love you guys and I will talk to you again soon. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of the Contagious Victories podcast. If the show inspired you to share your own victory story, I'm here to tell you the world deserves to hear it. Submit it to me online at ToriBlackman.com. Review and subscribe if that feels right. Telling a friend about the show helps Contagious Victories to grow. Plus, we all appreciate a little sunshine. I'm Tori B. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you soon.